Friends, it is uh, a great joy to be able to open God's Word uh, with you this morning. Uh, We're going to be looking uh, at the first chapter of Joshua. For those of you who don't know, it is the sixth book in the Bible, and so it's really near the beginning if you're turning there. If you go to Genesis, to the beginning, then you'll skip over Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and then land on Joshua. So while you're turning there, I want to take us back to February 6th, 1952. A young princess was visiting Nairobi, Kenya, with her fairly new husband. They'd gone to see the wonderful people, animals, and beauty of that incredible country and could not have fully comprehended the significance of this moment for their lives and for their nation. On the evening of the 6th, the prince and the princess climbed the ladder to their treetop cabin. And when she descended the next morning, she was the queen. Through the night, her father had died. And automatically, the power had passed into her hands in that moment. So much had changed overnight, and her life would never be the same ever again. This morning, we're going to begin the book of Joshua, as I said, together uh, for a couple of weeks, and we're going to pick it up routinely from time to time. But as we begin the book of Joshua, I want us to see a similar day dawning with the people of Israel that happened that night in Nairobi. Hopefully, you're now looking at Joshua 1, and if you just flick back one page in our Bibles, you read Deuteronomy 34, we see how the great Moses has died. It reads, And the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. We start in the book of Joshua, and a book given the name of one of the main characters. Clearly, it's an eyewitness account, and we know that it is a historical book describing what happened in that particular stage of Israel's history. Probably sometime after the event, and we have this here preserved for us. I know there is much that God wants to show us and teach us through this book today through this uh, chapter one as we look at it together. So as I've already mentioned, the beginning of the Bible, we have here what is called the Pentateuch. Uh, Pent in Greek just meaning five. So we have the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And really the story of the Bible just carries on uh, into this next book, Joshua here as you turn over. The book of Joshua is, is just immediately linked with the Pentateuch because Deuteronomy ends with Moses' death and that is exactly what Joshua begins with. So this really is a big shift, the end of a significant chapter in Israel's history where we have gone all the way through creation to the people of God now being on the edge of the promised land. Moses has led them this far and God has been time after time keeping his promises since they were made to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And really it's just a natural progression and continuation of the beginning of the Bible's story. And so to fully understand Joshua, you'd be well served to to understand the beginning of the Bible, to see 
who God is, what he has been doing, and how he has led and guided his people up to this point where we are this morning. We've seen God save his people and redeem them, making a covenant with them. And now we will see, we'll begin to look at how he keeps his promises and gives them land and inheritance, something that only he can provide. So as we get to chapter one, we see the Israelites, uh, they've wandered in the desert for 40 years and they stand ready and eager to enter the promised land, waiting now to see what God will do next, knowing that he is a promise maker. He is a covenant keeper, a land giver, and a victory provider. You may be shocked if I told you that this morning, it's not about you. That this service is not about you. And amazingly, the Bible, as we read it, it's not about you. It's all about God and tells us how wonderful, how holy, how loving, how gracious and majestic he is. The book of Joshua is no different. Although it is a story of God's people, I hope you see that it's God who is in charge. I hope you'll see uh, it is God who is leading them and that it is the same for your life. Whatever you're going through, wherever you're at, if you have been a Christian for five years or maybe even just five weeks, if you think you are a Christian or you don't think you're a Christian this morning, God, friends, is in total control. And we can trust him. We don't, if we've put your faith in him, there's no need to worry or fear. His faithfulness gives us the strength and courage to persevere. So turn with me, look at chapter 1 in Joshua, and I'm going to read this for us. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all his people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then... You will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, Prepare your provisions, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan, to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. 
saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you. And they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it, the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan towards the sunrise. And they answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. So friends, I think looking at this text, the main point for our time together is God is with us. Therefore, Christian, be strong and courageous. That's God is with us. Therefore, Christian, be strong and courageous. And I'll just be working through that as two points for our time together. God is with us in verses 1 to 5. God is with us in verses 1 to 5. And therefore, Christian, be strong and courageous in verses 6 to 18. Therefore, Christian, be strong and courageous. Verses 6 to 18. So look with me back at the text. And I think clearly straight away in verse 1, the book begins with a death. We've already talked about why this is important, but it's essential in the story of the Bible that we see Joshua is connected to what has gone on before. We just carry straight on. But what's important here is who is doing the speaking. Your Bibles will say the Lord in capital letters. This means it is Yahweh, the holy and perfect name for God as revealed in Exodus. This is the same God in Genesis. And before, it is the one true God speaking and continuing his care for his people. From the very outset, I think that we are to see how the Lord is dealing with the people there. He is the one leading and he is the one appointing leaders. He is speaking and he is guiding. Then notice how Moses is called the servant of the Lord. Moses is great. Moses is incredible and revered and loved. But that's because he was the servant of the Lord. He's not just a great and wise man, but he served the most high God. And now we see the same thing is about to happen to Joshua. Again, he is loved and has done a fantastic job, even as Moses' assistant. He was there with Moses on Sinai. He spent years serving the one and we read, whom the Lord knew face to face. None of this is to be missed or forgotten. But, friends, don't fail to see here that it is the Lord, our God, who is with Joshua. Deuteronomy 34 tells us that he was full of the spirit of wisdom. It's because, because God is with Joshua, is with him, that he is blessed and can lead the way he does. So throughout Joshua, we're going, to, we're going to be looking back and then we're going to be looking forward. God is with his people and is he that has brought them to this point. Is he that will lead them forward. The Israelites 
And I think Joshua especially would have known and would have understood God's promises up to this point. And this record through this book provides us some of the partial fulfillment of so many promises that we see, I think, in the first five books. So as we continue, uh, look with me at verse 2. We see God calling Joshua to go over the Jordan, the major river that was there. And he was going to take all the people with him. Joshua had been a spy, and so this is not just a little team of spies heading out. This is a major operation. This is something like 40,000 people all heading into enemy territory. The weak, the strong, the old, the young, they are all going to cross this huge, fast-flowing river that sat before them. But God continues, and I think you see it there midway through verse 2, God continues, into the land I am giving to them. Friends, we need to remember who we're dealing with. This is the God of creation. This is the God who created the earth and people and the moon and the stars. He is the only one who is able to make these kinds of promises. Moses writes in Deuteronomy 10, Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with all that is in it. Yet the Lord set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them. You above all, all peoples, as you are this day. My friends, I'll tell you, since I moved here to the UAE, I've been in several situations where I really wasn't sure what was going to happen, what the outcome would be. I have been scared, uh, nervous. Any of you who have been all the way to Befaisal will know exactly what I'm talking about. I could not tell Laura with any certainty whether we would come out with a sofa or not, or whether we would leave dead or alive. I wasn't 100% sure. I just didn't know. But for Joshua, this, this epic task is different. God has made a promise. You read it in Genesis 12 and then in Genesis 15, like Stephanie read for us this morning. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This patriarchal promise that there would be a people, that they would be a blessing to the nations and God has blessed them. And they would have their own land. Well, here we have the pointing to the fulfillment of that promise. This theme is just going to keep coming up again and again as we go through chapter 1. We're going to see the word land appear eight times more after this. The people had been waiting for this day, for this promise. Now, perhaps it's the same in your house where the countdown to Christmas has begun. It's only 43 days away. If you think the, the countdown to Christmas is hard, then this doesn't even come close. The, the antis- anticipation and the waiting, they're over. The time had come. Verse 3 carries on. We see the repetition of the promise to Moses. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Friends, did you catch the key word there? Have given to you. Not maybe, not 
hopefully, but have. It's a done deal. But as we see, it requires action. God has promised it, and the people need to respond. They must step out. And I think we're going to come back to that. And in verse 4, the Lord gives us even broad dimensions of the land that the people of Israel would conquer. Some in coming days and months, and some under the reign of David and Solomon. But we see that the land that the Israelites will conquer and inherit is specific. It's real. They will be there. Again, it's not vague. It's not a vague hope, but it has specific promises that God is giving. Everywhere that Joshua's foot treads is his. As he steps out, we see that the Lord keeps his promises. I wonder how this sounds to you today or what kind of things run through your mind late at night when you think about the day and week ahead. Perhaps you're like me and sadly often you lie awake and think that maybe if only I worked a little bit harder, maybe if I was just a bit more able or if I had the skill that that guy or girl had or maybe if I just had a little bit more money I'd be able to do all the things I planned. Do you hear the problem in those thoughts? It's the same as all those self-help books today. Good vibes, good life. Unlock your greatness. Self-love. You are the mountain. Alpha female Bible or the happiness manual. Just some of what Amazon suggested I read about self-help. Slightly worried that Amazon thinks that I'm an alpha female, but there you go. The point is... Friends, this is so tempting. It's so tempting to rely on ourselves, but we all do it. As we go through this chapter, God is with us. Friends, God does not just tell us to go on and get on with it, get the job done. He says to us, I am with you. Here, his call to Joshua is not all the best. You'll do great. I'm proud of you. It's there in verse 5. I am will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. What a key difference this makes. Joshua is told that no man shall stand before you and is the fact that the Lord's unending presence is with him. That's the key to his boldness that we're about to witness. Nothing else, not his own skills, not his own abilities. How often can you say that about yourself? How often do you rely on your own abilities instead of relying and depending on God? God gives Joshua this reminder before calling him to be strong and courageous three times there in verses 6, 7, and 9. And so we come to our second point, be strong and courageous. I want us to see how we cannot consider the second point without being sure of the first. God is with us. Therefore, Christian, be strong and courageous. Therefore, Christian, be strong and courageous. In verse 7 and 8, we begin to see the Lord's instruction on how it is that Joshua can be strong and courageous. And this is the same for us. It's commanded even in verse 9. The Lord is reminding Joshua that he has spoken, that he has given his law to Moses, and that the people are to keep it. We have success offered that's not guaranteed, but obedience is required for those 
that love the Lord. Those that love him, love his ways. Psalm 1 famously uses the word delight when talking about this. Friends, do you delight in the law of God? Verse 8 amazingly shows us that the book of the law was already something that the Israelites had. God even viewed it as a book. They already had these first five books as part of their community. When we read about the book of the law, we're reminded of God's perfect standard. Yes, there are rules and regulations, but God is reminding Joshua that he is the one that is perfect. He is holy. God has standards. God has expectations. I think all too often today we can be in danger of emphasizing only the the grace and the love of God. All very true things. But we forget the perfection and holiness of our God. Friends, let me ask you, how tempted are you to minimize your sin? To think that the way you speak to your wife or how you talk about your boss or that little bit of money that you stole or that that website you visited or maybe that scenario you imagined with your work colleague is just not a big deal. Friends, that is just not true. Our God is holy and perfect and here he is reminding Joshua and us that we must be careful. We must be aware of his standard to obey and to trust him. Our obedience to God speaks of our trust in him. The law of God also is there pointing to our insufficiency, how we are not perfect. I am not perfect. You are not perfect, friends. We're not as great as we think we are. And in fact, all we bring to the table is filthy rags. All of this, the law is meant to bring us to our need for God. And praise God He has made a way for us to come to him through Jesus Christ. Without Christ, we all deserve death. He has fulfilled the law and we can delight in it. What first convicted us of our sin, we are now to delight in and obey because of what Jesus has done on the cross. What first convicted us of our sin, we are now to delight in and obey because Of what Jesus has done on the cross. There was so much that lay ahead of Joshua that the Lord is reminding him that this will only be achieved by having the law in his mouth and by meditating on it and encouraging the people of God to do the same. Friends, how often is the word of God on your lips? How often are your conversations dripping with poisonous things like gossip and lies instead of the goodness and holiness of God. Consider this today, perhaps at the food court after this, as you share lunch with one another, or maybe tomorrow as you're socializing with friends, or on Sunday morning as you go back to work, or maybe as you do your weekly shop, or you're dealing with laundry or small children, what words pour out of your mouth? How about your meditation? Do you simply complain and moan or do you praise God for how he guards and keeps you Mark really helpfully last Friday evening reminded us to be a people that daydream of what it's like to be with God 
and how this, this reality will be our eternity. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that if you have a chance. But be aware, friends, of what you fill your mind with, what you read, what you watch, what you discuss, what you listen to. So we see Joshua is called to lead the people, following the law given to Moses, and also leading and setting an example for them in doing so. The Lord, we see, goes on in verse 9 and says, Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. See, Joshua had many challenges and battles and obstacles still to deal with. Difficult things that God knew about and that God had prepared. And his encouragement here to Joshua is clear. Know that I am with you. Know who I am. Trust in me and live and obey me in all of this. Knowing that because I am with you, there is nothing to fear. And friends, this is the same for us this morning. The word dismay here means to to have concern or distress. I think it's really tempting for us to link all of this to kind of worldly pleasures or even good worldly things like having a job or being in good health or other things that might jump to mind. But for us, it is helpful to consider this as a spiritual promise relating to our our faith and our eternal hope and security through Christ. Friends, how often do you think about how one day you will die and that you, everything in this world will pass away. We should long for that day, but also know that right now, if you're a Christian today, you're called to live here in this world. Moses, just before, spoke of the people being sojourners, the people of God being sojourners in this land. That means those just passing through. Friends, what is going on in your life right now is not forever. We are people here. This is not our final home. We are simply passing through. But while we're here, praise God, we have not been left alone. In terms of living in strength and courage, verses like these from 2 Corinthians, I think, are a great encouragement. He who has prepared for us this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Friends, the the Lord our God is with us. He has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee, as as a down payment, but also as a guide and as a help in this life. Do not need to fear the life to come, for your position, if you trust Christ, is secure. It's secure in eternity. The Lord our God is with you wherever you go. Your status is fixed regardless of what any man can do or say to you in this life. Fix your eyes on Christ. Trust and obey him. Look down with me at verse 10. And as we move towards the end of chapter 1, we see Joshua is now taking command of the people in verses 10 and 15. And then in 16 to 18, the people accept 
his command. This is the, the kind of completion of that transition from Moses to Joshua, both for the leader and uh, for the people here. And in verse 10, with echoes of Exodus 19, Moses says, And be ready for the third day, for on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Joshua now comes before the officers, taking full command, and he says, Prepare your provisions, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that your Lord, your God, is giving you to possess. All of Israel is to be involved. All the people will play a part, will be active. And so in verse 10, we, we see the tribes being named and drawn together. In verses 13 to 15, Joshua is outlining all that will happen and all that the people will inherit. It's that same kind of thing that I alluded to earlier when we consider the spiritual realities of trusting God. Joshua here is describing what, I, what is to come. And I think in many ways he's really describing for us the Christian life. There is a task that God has called us to do. Many things that as the people of God that he has laid out for us that we are to be actively involved in. But that there is a land and there is a rest that he has prepared for us. That me this means that we can stand and walk through this life together as the people of God. We can encourage one another through the means that God has provided for us by coming and sitting under the word of God, by gathering together, by meeting with each other in discipleship. We all point each other and encourage one another to that eternal rest and peace with God. We know what eternity looks like for us. Eternity worshipping God. Monday night here at the hymn sing, I really felt was just such a great glimpse of that. A tiny glimpse of that. This morning, the same. Singing and reading the word of God, praising God together this morning. Again, a tiny glimpse of what is to come. For the Israelites, they were prepared. They were ready for war, and we see that in verse 14. Joshua did a good job of giving them realistic expectations. They knew what was coming. He had prepared them, and as pastors here, we want to do the same for you. We want to prepare you and give you proper expectations of what life in this world looks like as a Christian. Joshua is saying to them, that there will be battles, that some will go out to fight, that others will have to stay at home for a while, but that we will all pass in to the land that God has provided. There are great tasks and challenges for us in this life, but know that God has prepared each of these for you. Where you work right now, who you teach, who you work for, the hours you work, the subject you're studying, the boss that's in charge of you, God has prepared all of this for you. As we live, as the people of God here together, encouraging one another and centered on what God has said, his word, we live in obedience to him. We know that no matter what is going on in this life, we know where our hope lies. We know that it will end in a perfect rest, in God's perfect presence, there forever beyond the sunrise. Friends, what a hope we have and one that is sure and certain. As the chapter ends in verses 16 to 18, we see how the people respond. They make 
and allegiance to Joshua and to all that God has entrusted them. This is something they take deadly serious. To turn away from God's people meant death. And they are with him. They were with Moses and now they are with him. The Lord was with him as he was with Moses. And their encouragement is the same for the task ahead as the Lord gave in verses 6, 7, and 9. You see that at the end, only be strong and courageous. We've all seen how this idea of being strong and courageous is founded on God and on his word. And this is the same for us as it was for Joshua. What a mighty task lay ahead of him. And we'll go on to look at that in coming weeks and months. Joshua was encouraged again and again to obey, to listen to God, to be in his word and to trust him alone. Friends, this is no different for us today. As they encouraged and prayed for their leaders, pray for yours. We pray for those in leadership over us every week. But please remember to pray for our government. Pray for your bosses. Pray for the elders here at the church. We need your prayers. Friends, let us be a people who obey God, who trust in his word, who gather with his people and trust him alone. That night I first mentioned in 1952 when the the news broke that the king was dead and had died in his sleep was the, the day that Queen Elizabeth II became queen. She was 27 then and is still on the throne today, some 69 years later. The queen is dead. Long live the king. That is what one day we will hear in the news across the world. And it was the same for Joshua. Our story continues next week, but in coming weeks as we go through this book, spoiler alert, Joshua will die and another will take over. But there was another king. Another one would come, a king that came who not only knew the law of Moses, but fulfilled it. Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law of God and to fulfill the promises that God had made to bless his people, to bless the nations, and to establish a kingdom that would never end. Friends, Joshua and our story all points forward to Christ to the only one who could obey this law and those promises. And it's to him we must come. If you don't know Jesus today, then you need to understand that there is no other way to enjoy the promises of God of eternal life, of full satisfaction and joy without him. These are only found through trusting in what Jesus did on the cross when he took the punishment that you and I both deserve for our sin. We have all turned from him. There's nothing you can do in your own strength. There is no other way than through the death and resurrection of God's son, Jesus Christ. Your strength and courage alone will not last. As the people we saw in the chapter pledged allegiance to their captain, the one that would save them, let me ask you too, who have you pledged allegiance to? Is it to Christ or is it to another? Christian, be strong 
and courageous, for the Lord our God is with you. Delight in him, meditate on him and his word, obey him and submit your lives before him. Let's pray. Lord God, as your people here today, we do humbly come before you, Lord. We're so grateful for your word that you've given to us, Lord. We know that we come before the one who flung the stars and planets into space, Lord. We know that you are the one who is holy and awesome. And Lord, we need your help. Lord, we desperately need your help. Lord, we submit our lives before you. Lord, I pray for us as we go from this place. Lord, would you give us boldness and courage? Lord, would we be strong knowing that our foundation is found in you? Lord, we trust in you alone. Lord, help us to throw off ourselves this week and trust in you and not our own strength or abilities or skills. Lord, we ask all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.